Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close, if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, here we are with another week. We have turned the page already to the third week of the college football season, and we've already learned some things about the NFL as we get ready for week number two. And woof, woof, it is Three Dog Thursday. Back with you for another edition. I am... Your somewhat capable prognosticating host, T.J. Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. Back in, we're ready to drop some underdog knowledge on the peeps, on the folks that are listening to us. How you been? How you doing? Doing well. I finally registered a win last week, so I'm getting uh, a little bit better from that standpoint. But uh, now we'll see. I've got a couple of weeks in college football in the books. Week one in the NFL is now in, so now hopefully we learn some things and we try very hard not to overestimate what we saw last week, which is always a big problem, especially in the NFL, that you know you see some teams perform very well. Oh, these teams are great, and they fall on their face in week two. And then on the flip side, teams that don't look so great in week one, they usually put together a better performance in week two. So we'll see how that all turns out this week. Yeah, it tries to sort itself out completely. Now, you had a win with Wazoo uh, at Boise State. I actually got two college wins. What did I tell you about the backdoor cover that Western Kentucky could keep it close? And, of course, it took to the final minute for them to finally get a touchdown. And, and man, those odds makers, you guys at Vegas Insider and the odds makers are always so good because the line was 29 on the game at the time we were doing Three Dog Thursday, and Alabama won by 28. So, so I escaped by one point with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. But Arkansas, how about the Razorbacks? Uh, I, I believed in them as an outright winner over TCU. They made it very interesting. They gave up the lead, and then they, they retied the game late. Kevin, what a wild game. Another one of your overtime games where TCU got into overtime, uh, won the coin toss, went on defense, Arkansas scored, and then Arkansas eventually won the game in double overtime uh, on the on the touchdown run by Allen, the quarterback. So a great win for the Hogs and another overtime uh, huge, thrilling game involving, uh, in this case, an SEC team and a Big 12 team. Big 12 taking some lumps uh, right now early on in the season. Yeah, and you look at Brett Bielema, and we've talked about him on the show, that after going 0-8 in the SEC in his first season a few years ago, he's definitely done his part to bring Arkansas football back. I know they had a bad loss to Toledo last year at home as a almost three-touchdown favorite. But, uh, you know, they, they play. I, I feel like they, they get these teams, these old Southwest Conference rivalries, you know, playing a team like TCU, an old rivalry we haven't seen in a while, and that was a really nice win for them going on the road, and we know how tough it is for Arkansas uh, inside that SEC West behind Alabama and LSU to try to make waves. And then they played Alabama tough the last few years. But you mentioned TCU with the Big 12 and the struggles they've had, Oklahoma already losing to Houston, the controversial loss of Oklahoma State last week yep. at the end against Central Michigan. Uh, you know, Texas so far, they, they've come out unscathed, the 2-0, and with that uh, exciting win over Notre Dame in week one. So, you know, this Big 12, we know that there's some bottom feeders like Iowa State and Kansas 
that uh, some of those schools really aren't going to be factors in the race. West Virginia is always in the middle. Uh, you look at Texas Tech, who gave up about 7,000 points to Arizona State last Z- week. Zero, zero defense whatsoever still for Cliff Kingsbury. you got to play some defense, right? They They are awful. Well, and also, too, a lot of the sharp money went on Texas Tech in that game, so you figured, oh, well, maybe that's the play, and Arizona State with a new quarterback this season, where they started off as a real disappointment last year with big expectations, and they played very well uh, against Texas Tech. So, you know, the Big 12, they've had their struggles so far, and, uh, you know, you've got to think that, you know, with Oklahoma playing Ohio State this week, that maybe that will get the Sooners maybe back on track. I mean, they lose that. They're already two losses in the books, and they're pretty much their season's done as far as going to the college football playoff. Agreed. So it's, it's very interesting to see what's happened in the Big 12 so far that uh, probably the biggest, I guess, the biggest disappointment out of the Power 5 conferences. Yeah, well, and you know, a lot of people are looking at the SEC and saying what's going on there, but the SEC at least has had some teams flex its its muscle. I mean, Florida looked fantastic last week. Tennessee did come back on Virginia Tech in the the NASCAR Bowl, the battle at Bristol. We mentioned the Arkansas uh, win. Uh, yeah, so you have some SEC teams that have done all right. So uh, the big yeah, the Big Twelve really struggling. Although with that Oklahoma team, that's that's attractive to me, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Why don't you lead things off? for college football purposes. Again, we are looking for underdogs simply to cover, uh, not necessarily to outright win the game. Where do you want to go first, Kevin, in terms of college football? Well, I'm going to start not in Provo, Spain, but Provo, Utah. With the, <laughs> I'm glad you got that reference. Yes. I don't get to use it with that the often. Fletch F. Fletch. Yes, I'm a shepherd. Right. Yes, good Fletch stuff. Provo, Spain. No Provo, Utah. Very nice. Ten bonus points for you. Oh, we could just stop the show now. Like that's it. We don't have to do any more. Uh, BYU. They're getting three against UCLA at home, and I watched a lot of UCLA in that opener against Texas A&M, the game where they got down a few touchdowns. Josh. Rosen led them back. He had a crazy pass downfield, and they ended up tying the game. They got a two-point conversion, lost in overtime. Rosen really hasn't been super impressive to me. He's a guy that takes too many chances, and last year in their one-point win at home against BYU, they actually, uh, BYU intercepted Rosen three times in that game. Paul Perkins, the fantastic running back for UCLA, who's moved on now to the NFL, he had 200-plus yards in that game, so he's gone. Rosen got beat up in that game, and they ended up winning barely as nearly 17-point favorites. So now with the game being played in Provo, BYU, the one thing I can give them, being an independent, is they're not afraid to schedule anybody. They've already played Arizona in a close game. They lost to Utah in a close game, and they always get other tough teams from around the country on their schedule. So they are a battle-tested team. UCLA didn't cover last week as big favorites against UNLV, a team that's, you know, obviously on, on the bottom tier of FBS schools. I just think that BYU, a little more battle-tested, good quarterback. I mean, Rosen's a good quarterback, but he just doesn't make great decisions. And I think with BYU here that they can hang, especially after last year's one-point loss in L.A. All right. And, and, of course, we're quoting lines from the Chevy Chase movie, Fletch. You go to Utah, you stay in Utah with UCLA and BYU when he wants to go back to Utah to do this. The story is Utah, Frank. You go to Utah, you stay in Utah. So just just remember that. Uh, and I, you know, look, Taysom Hill. How many is he? He's got a new three year deal, right? Like the pros, he's going to be at BYU, I think, forever till twenty twenty or twenty twenty eight. 
but he's back as the quarterback. And UCLA, their defense had some problems with UNLV, and that's a, that stadium is a raucous stadium for them to contend with. I kind of like that. I'm not going to agree wholeheartedly, but I'm 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 feeling you on BYU uh, plus the three and a half points. I am going to skip over to USC and Stanford. And again, stay in the Pac-12. Stanford with the week off a week ago, the opening weekend win on the Friday night against Kansas State. USC, you were on them against Alabama, and they got just blown apart into 500 pieces by Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. They picked some of those pieces up, played much better, obviously, at home against a lesser opponent with Utah State. This this team has talent uh, between Juju Schuster-Smith and Ronald Jones at running back. I know they, they've had a couple of arrests on the defensive side of the ball that have thrown some things into turmoil, but they've got players on defense as well. Rivalry game, and I, I just something says to me that, that USC getting the nine points will either keep this close or perhaps pull the upset. I know Stanford's got McCaffrey, but I will take the Trojans plus the nine points in the Pac-12 early season rivalry game with Stanford. you care to talk me off the ledge? on that one since you went down in flames with USC a couple of weeks ago? No, and I know USC had some issues at Stanford last year, and now you're getting uh, you're getting points here on the road. And, and I understand that Stanford had a week off after the Kansas State game, actually throwing an extra day because they played Friday night uh, the opening week. But, you know, it, it's still the first conference game for both teams. And, you know, like I mentioned with USC, uh, after the Alabama loss, that for Max Brown, who I kind of pumped up a little bit, uh, the first week saying that, you know, he's a very good prospect and, you know, we'll see what he can do. You're not playing any kind of defense like Alabama the rest of your career probably at USC. So <laughs> it can only get better from here. And they ended up blowing out uh, Utah State last week, maybe get them back on track, get some confidence back a little bit. I don't mind it. All right, and again, for the Trojans, they have had some trouble in Palo Alto going back to the whole rivalry with Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. So... You know that would be a little bit of concern, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see about this matchup uh, with Stanford. I'm just looking back on the on the scores the last couple of years. They lost by ten at home last year. They lost on a late field goal at Stanford a couple of years ago. They seem they seem to play Stanford in close games. It was a three point game, twenty to seventeen in 2013 when these two teams played a, a one touchdown game uh, back uh, in 2012. So. Nine points seems like a lot to me here. I will just stick with USC and, and Max Brown to figure some things out. I think McCaffrey will make a big play probably at some point in the game, but I, I think USC keeps it close. All right, again, we're going college underdogs right now in this segment. It is Three Dog Thursday. Uh, thanks for joining us wherever you're catching us, whether it's on RadioInfluence.com or if you download the show on iTunes. And, Kevin, I know you're big on iTunes. I am as well on being able to download different shows and, and subscribe to them. Uh, subscribe away on iTunes to Three Dog Thursday if you haven't found it yet. Also, rate the show. Give us your comments and rate the show on iTunes and help us promote what we're doing with uh, underdog predictions in college football and in the NFL. Oklahoma and Ohio State, one of the marquee matchups of the early season. This one in Norman, primetime game coming Saturday night. Oklahoma smarting after the opening game loss to Houston. They bounced back with an easy win last week. Ohio State has had a couple of easy opponents in their first two games. Sooners getting the two points in this matchup with the Buckeyes. I like Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield at home 
in Norman here. Excellent running game. Big step up in competition for Ohio State to go on the road. I like the Sooners to win this game, obviously, outright, and I'm going to take the two points. Kevin, what's your what's your opinion here on uh, Oklahoma and Ohio State? As you laid out earlier in the show, if the Sooners lose this game, goodbye college football playoff, and we're not even in October yet. Yeah, the pressure's on the Sooners in this game. The public seems to be on OSU early, but it looks like the line movement's coming towards uh, Oklahoma in this one. Obviously, you know, Oklahoma does have the advantage at quarterback, an experienced quarterback in Mayfield, and they have plenty of weapons offensively. You know, you would think after the Houston game where they were laying 10, 11 points on the road and they ended up losing to a pretty good Houston team that now you're getting a few points where this rarely happens with Bob Stoops getting them as a home underdog. So I guess you got to kind of jump on it. The opportunity is there. And, you know, for Ohio State, they've had two easy wins so far. Now you're going to a hostile environment in Norman. So, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with Oklahoma there. I mean, taking them with a few points. I mean, obviously last week they were laying 46. And I think they won by 41 or 42. So, you know, that's, that's a lot to eat. But uh, to get a few points here, and if it ends up being close to a pick them, you know, four up points. So, uh, yeah, I'd say stick with the Sooners. Yeah, they've been up and down as a home favorite, uh, only uh, at this point 8-8 eight and eight as a home favorite over the course of uh, the last three seasons. So, uh, this in this case, they're a home underdog to Ohio State. That surprised me a little bit that, uh, that the Buckeyes are getting that much respect in Norman. But then again, when you watch that opening game and how Houston handled Oklahoma's defense in particular and matched up well, on the Sooners, uh, Buckeyes still have JT Barrett, still have some skill position guys. No more Ezekiel Elliott, but still have some skill guys that can play. They always do. So that will be a primetime matchup coming Saturday night. Oklahoma getting the two uh, uh, for that matchup between the Big 12 and the Big 10. Okay, so there you go. There's some college football. We're going to come back and talk some NFL football. One of us likes the Indianapolis Colts on the road. Another one of us is saying, how about them Cowboys? Find out who that is as Three Dog Thursday continues. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Ever dreamed of a way to video chat one-on-one with famous former athletes, coaches, and other big names in the sports world? Well, now you can with a brand new online communication service called Talk to Legends. The Talk to Legends mobile platform is available right now for free in the iOS Apple Store. And now the Talk to Legends mobile app is available in the Google Play Store. And it puts you just a couple of clicks away from connecting by video to your sports heroes in a five-minute person-to-person conversation on your iPhone or iPad. Yes, it's as easy as registering and then picking a time to talk to your legend. There are hundreds of former athletes from all sports, including the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, college sports, the Olympics, MMA and more and they're ready to talk to you in a scheduled video conversation through talk to legends no matter what device or tablet just go into the apple store or the google play store and download the talk to legends app it's time for you to talk to legends the dogs are barking who will get it done this week Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Yeah, we do roll on, and we're ready to talk some pro football coming up on Three Dog Thursday. Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com is back with us. Kevin's going to tell you more about Vegas Insider 
Uh.com uh, in a little bit and about all of their different information and what they have. You know, one other number here that you can find on uh, VegasInsider.com. I didn't realize this even when I was making the pick, but during the time out there, I double-checked this. Number of times that Bob Stoops has been an underdog at home in the last 10 football seasons. Kevin, care to venture? How many times? 10 years. Home, home slate. Once. Once is a good guess. Zero is the answer. They have not been a home underdog in the last 10 years. Now, we're obviously talking for Three Dog Thursday purposes, and the line is only two right now. Maybe it moves to one or maybe becomes a pick'em game by game time. But how about that? They've been favored in every home game under Bob Stoops going back to 2006. They currently are an underdog, so I like the Sooners uh, in that spot coming up. All right, so now we turn our attention to the pros. I like one of the things you said back at the beginning of the program, which is you can't read too much into the opening game. You can learn some things, but you can't get overly uh, excited one way or the other. Uh, there's some different things that happened in, in week one. Obviously, Carolina lost uh, against the Denver Broncos. They they went all the way to 14-0 and before they lost this season. They get the unbeaten thing out of the way in week one. But we see some different teams uh, come up large in, in some different games. A Patriots win with Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday night against the Arizona Cardinals. My Buccaneers, 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 Buccaneers uh, in Atlanta. 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 Four touchdown passes and getting NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors for the win over Atlanta. But it is only one game, I guess, as a theme, Kevin, as we get ready for the second game here and try to and try to figure some of this stuff out for Week 2. Yeah, a lot of close games uh, that came down to the end and you know, you have some field goals if Carolina converts theirs, if the Jets convert theirs. I mean, there are so Same thing many in Arizona. Arizona with a minute left right. needed the field goal, yep. Right, Arizona, if the Raiders don't get the two. I know we're playing the if-if game, but there were a lot of games that came down to that. And, you know, and you say to yourself, Carolina ends up kicking that late field goal, people aren't propping up Trevor Simeon and the Broncos after week one. I mean, it's as simple as you know, winning and losing. The Dolphins had a blocked field goal uh, in their game against the Seahawks. So, you know, things like that where you see how close this league is, and I've always believed for years that there really isn't a lot of separation with a lot of these teams. It's just which teams make the plays in the end. And that's when you have New England, Green Bay, teams like that make those plays more often than the teams towards the bottom. And that's what separates them. That's why you don't see big blowouts. You had one big blowout in week one, and that was, well, I mean, you had San Francisco and L.A., but on Sunday you had the Eagles over the Browns, and that was it. And every other game on Sunday was pretty competitive. So yeah, I agree. I, I, I just can't, yeah, so I just can't see where, you know, you can necessarily, you can't really overreact to things because things can flip that fast. Well, and I thought, we'll get into the actual games from this week in a second, I thought Jack Del Rio deserves a lot of credit. And look, he's a second-year coach with the Raiders. It's the opening game of the season. You're on the road. I like that move of, of, hey, let's put the pressure on the Saints here and try to make something happen. And how about the gutsy call? That's not an easy touch throw into the corner of the end zone. It's obviously a play that they love. They The Raiders had gotten a two-point conversion, Kevin, you know this, earlier in the fourth quarter on a pass from Derek Carr uh, to Amari Cooper in that case. They went to the other side of the field, the left side of the field, on kind of an alley-oop lob, a touch throw to Crabtree, who's great in the air to go get the ball. I, you know, Yes, it worked out, but even if it hadn't worked out, I like that call from Jack Del Rio. Quick commentary from you on that. 
Well, the argument I have for it is, I mean, obviously the Raiders have one of the best kickers in the league in Sebastian Janikowski. But pushing that extra point back now, it's not as automatic as, as it used to be where you say, oh, you could have taken the extra point. So it really is a little dicey where you say, you know what, you want to take the chance with, you know, for two yards out to have a play to get two points and take the lead and not have to go to overtime or take the chance at an extra point that the snap can get uh, fumbled, you can hit the post. So really, you know, you look at it now, going for two isn't as big of a risk anymore, in my estimation. I have no problem with what Del Rio did. You had to uh, cap it off and not give Drew Brees another opportunity in overtime. So I have no problem with it. But now we'll start to see maybe more teams go for the two instead of the one just because the one isn't as much of a gimme. All right, good points on all of those. You took one college underdog. It is three-dog Thursday as we roll on. So that means you're going to take two in the pros. Where are you going to go first? Well, we'll transition from the Raiders and the Saints to the Saints. <laughs> and after their uh, their loss, their come-from-ahead loss to Oakland, they play the Giants this week uh, at MetLife Stadium. And the Saints' offense, we know, is still excellent. Drew Brees is excellent. Like, nothing's changed with that. The defense was a little suspect. They gave a 75-yard run in the fourth quarter, and the Raiders came back. And there was, you know, there was a questionable pass interference at the end that kept Oakland's drive alive. Uh, now the Saints go to take on a Giants team. I mean, they dropped 52 on them last year. Granted, they gave up 49 to the Giants, but Drew Brees threw for over 500 yards in that game. I get the Saints are a different team away from the Superdome. But you flip over to the Giants for a second, and, you know, another one of these games that guy runs out of bounds for the Cowboys, you have a long field goal attempt, maybe Dallas beats the Giants, and the Giants don't look as great. They played against a quarterback who's making his first NFL start in Dak Prescott, and Dallas stalled a lot in Giants territory being held the field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. So, again, if, if, if. But I just think with the Saints here, you know, they've been a little bit better as a road underdog. They're kind of hit or miss, but uh, they've had some nice wins the last two years as a road underdog. They've won at Pittsburgh uh, in this span uh, a few years ago. And I think that the Saints here, with their offense, which is going to be a bigger test for the Giants' defense, which I don't think is really that much improved, that it's going to be problems. I'm going to take the, the uh, points with New Orleans here. All right, that's four and a half points in that one. Saints pass defense still not very good, and we saw David Carr light them up, and obviously you, you made reference to that pinball arena football game last year. No, it's different, different year and, and uh, a lot of different coaches now for the Giants, but a lot of the same personnel when the Giants and Saints uh, both combined for over 1,000 yards of offense in an NFL game. We'll see if it replicates here. You're going to take the Saints and the points. You uh, made reference to the Cowboys and their struggles uh, with the Giants last week. I'm going to go Dallas against the Washington Redskins. I know they did not win the game last week, but they played well in a lot of areas. One of the areas they did not play as well is what you made reference to, which is they got inside the 25-yard line five times and only got one touchdown out of that. They kicked a lot of Dan Bailey field goals, which if you're on Dan Bailey as a kicker for fantasy football like I am, you were happy with that, but you wanted to see more touchdowns out of Dallas for the chance to win that game. Uh, ultimately, though, I think the Cowboys did a lot of things right in that. I know they have a depleted defensive line because of uh, suspensions and because of injuries, but I just I think Dallas going to Washington, who showed almost nothing in the game Monday night with the Steelers, Rod Marinelli runs a similar defensive system that Mike Tomlin runs, 
And, and I know John Gruden kept pointing out, because he used to be the head coach when both of those guys were his assistants in Tampa Bay, he kept pointing out how much zone defense that Pittsburgh was using, zone blitzes and zone defense to confuse Kirk Cousins. I think you're going to see a steady diet of that again from Dallas, saying to the Redskins, prove it, you can beat me uh, by beating the uh, the tricky zone disguise coverages. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to drop the Redskins to 0-2, and I'm going to take the three points on Three Dog Thursday. Again, uh, for the for the NFL matchup there, what do you think? Redskins and Cowboys, you, uh, you looking my way, or are you thinking I'm all wet here? No, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, Washington now, I wonder how much they're getting exposed after last year, and the Redskins weren't a good favorite last year. They lost in a couple opportunities. Well, I know one of the games was against the Buccaneers that they were down big and they came back and won. But yeah, they thank you for that and, uh, you know, reminder as I stood right there you, and watched you, the I horror. Think you saw yes. That yes, yeah. I, horror. I think you did see that game. Uh, and they also lost to Dallas on Monday night last year when, when Romo was hurt. So I think that Dallas, I mean, Dak wasn't bad last week. I mean, they just couldn't punch it in when they needed to. And, I mean, you say who's a better quarterback, Kirk Cousins or Eli Manning? I mean, you know, so now you're you're facing a quarterback where Cousins puts up numbers, but you know he really didn't produce that much against Pittsburgh. They got held to a couple field goals last, or on Monday night uh, in their loss when they were driving down deep. So I think that Dallas can be worth the look. I, I don't really have a problem with them. I mean, obviously, the loser of this game is zero two, and yep. uh, not in big trouble. But uh, Dallas, if they lose only two in the division already, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, well, and Ezekiel Elliott, we'll see if they can run the ball behind that massive offensive line. Just was not very impressed with the Redskins for sure. Okay, so each of us have gone one underdog in the pros. That means you've got to come up with one more. Where else are you going in the NFL for three dog Thursday purposes, Kevin? Mile High City, the Broncos and the Colts. The Peyton Manning Bowl with no Peyton Manning. Uh, Andrew Luck had a great week against Detroit uh, in week one, even though the Colts ended up losing. He rallied them from a couple touchdowns down to come back and tie it. Detroit ended up winning the game. But Andrew Luck and the Colts are getting six points against Denver this week. The Broncos, as we mentioned, they beat Carolina in week one in the Thursday night game in the Super Bowl rematch. Andrew Luck in his career, 4-0 against the spread against the Denver Broncos. Beat him in the playoffs one year. He's had some success in Denver, 3-1 and straight up in those games. So I think that, you know, for as much as Denver gives Cam Newton problems, I feel like they can't figure out Andrew Luck. And I see here where, you know, last week Carolina was favored, and now the Colts are getting some points. You know, like I mentioned, that they, even though they lost at home to Detroit when they were laying a few, now you're getting some points with them. And uh, Andrew Luck, even though, you know, at times, you know, up and he's still a very good quarterback, but his team may be up and down. I just think that with Trevor Simeon, he's nimble. You know, he made some plays in the opener against Carolina, but at the same time, he needed the defense to carry him, and Carolina's offense was disappointing after uh, a bit of a fast start. I think if the Colts' offense can click a little bit here, they definitely can hang around if not win the game. Well, and uh, in the case of that game, Simeon did turn it over a couple of times, and it could have been a totally different script if Carolina had figured out how to make the field goal and win the game like you made reference to uh, earlier. And, of course, Luck and the Colts were down big at home to the Detroit Lions and came roaring back. And he, he doesn't have the, the standard go-to guys uh, like Reggie Wayne or or any of those uh, any longer, but he, do, he does have T.Y. Hilton. He does have Dante Moncrief. He does have Zach Ertz. 
Hurts um, at tight end, um, or the other tight end whose name Fleener uh, is the tight end, the, the the Stanford tight end that he was able to find some last week in the game. So they still have weapons throwing the football, and uh, we'll see if the Denver pass rush can get to him and can cause him some problems uh, with Wade Phillips and company. So you'll take the Colts. And the six points in that one. Hey, quick comment. Neither one of us are going to take my Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are getting a touchdown at Arizona. Actually, the Vegas insider consensus line is six and a half. Bucks looked really good throwing the ball. And Arizona is 0-1, doesn't want to be 0-2. Also, I think the Buccaneer defense is a little underrated. I know Matt Ryan and, and, and company able to throw for some yards on them, but the Buck defense got stops. Uh, what do you think here uh, in Arizona with the Buccaneers a chance to be 2-0 and with two road wins and maybe drop Arizona, who was one of the darlings all last season, to 0-2 in this game out in the desert? What do you think? I lead Arizona. I think that, uh, you know, I, think, I feel like the, the Buccaneers are a bit of a public underdog this week after what happened, A, with the Cardinals losing to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots, and B, the Buccaneers putting up a good offensive effort against Atlanta last week and now it's tough you're going yep. i get atlanta to tampa is not a long trip and now you're going basically across the country to arizona the cardinals the gm bruce arians called out uh the players after last week i think that arizona and, and again i don't like taking teams necessarily that have pressure on them but i think arizona knows they need to regroup this week and they need to kind of get their stuff together that they can't be zero two uh you know with seattle basically with them in that division. They can't fall behind early, and I get they haven't played a division game yet, but they can't be 0-2 at home, that they really need this one. And I think with Tampa Bay going out there, that it will be a tough test to try to keep this up again now, going out west after a successful week one. Here's another great stat for you. So many times you talk about turnover battles and what the key was. Buccaneers beat the Falcons without getting a turnover. Forget about winning the turnover battle. Uh, they lost a turnover battle. The Bucks didn't get a takeaway. There were seven NFL teams last week who won their game and did not take the ball away once. Didn't have a single fumble or interception for their defense. That's wild. That's a real uh, anomaly, if you will, in, in NFL play to see that many victories where a team didn't have a single takeaway in the game. We'll see if it plays a bigger role in Week 2 for the teams that are winning games, taking the football away or not. Uh, they'll open the new Viking Stadium on Sunday night, and the Vikings are actually favored. Sean Hill, quarterback week one. We'll see if Sam Bradford quarterbacks in this game with Green Bay. Philly is in Chicago, where the Bears lost in week one, and the Eagles look great, but Chicago's still a three-point favorite at Soldier Field. We'll see how that comes out for uh, for Monday Night Football. Uh, again, great information that you can find. More details uh, on, the, uh, on the net and online from VegasInsider.com. Kevin, give them a quick plug on what they're going to find out nfl college and more yeah a lot of previews for the weekend in college football for the thursday night games the friday night games and of course the saturday action we have all the updated lines the free odds on our website also for the nfl we have our power index every week where you can almost see like how the odds makers in a sense make the line and what the comparison is with those power ratings compared to the point spreads we also have a column that I started called Pick 6, where I look at the six top games on Sunday, give you a bit of analysis, and also my pick uh, for free on those games. And also you can you can choose from our stable of handicappers as well. You can follow us on Twitter at TwitBI. You can follow myself on Twitter at Rogers, And a lot of good things, always very busy 
during football season at VegasInsider.com. Okay, so check them out for more. And again, Kevin will be tweeting away at VI Rogers. We'll also be talking about the underdogs on this show at Three Dog Thursday on Twitter. The website is ThreeDogThursday.com. Kevin again goes with BYU in college. Getting three and a half points against UCLA. He likes the Saints and the Colts in the NFL. I like Oklahoma and USC to at least hang close, if not shock Stanford in college. And I'll take the Dallas Cowboys to not be 0-2. They'll drop the Redskins to 0-2 with a Sunday win in the NFL. And I'll take the three points in that one. Kevin, good luck with your underdogs. Thank you for the insight and the information. We look forward to seeing how you do with those underdogs and talk to you next week on Three Dog Thursday. All right, TJ, thank you. There is Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, follow us on Twitter at 3 Dog Thursday, online at 3DogThursday.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate the show. Check us out as well on RadioInfluence.com, where the show is housed. That's how you can find the show every week. We'll come back and talk more underdogs next week on 3 Dog Thursday. Bye. Radio Influence strives to bring you the best in digital media broadcasting. We've got something for everybody. National sports radio talents such as the fabulous sports babe and Rich Herrera. Huge podcasts like the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show. And the MMA Insiders with Jason Floyd and Sam Kaplan. New shows like Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill. Entertainment shows like LOL with Nancy Alexander. And shows that'll make you think like Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. We've got you covered. You can find all our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.